You're listening to the e-commerce marketing show presented by Privy. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks for listening to another episode of the e-commerce marketing show. Today, we're live from my bathroom because of uh, kids and soundproofing. And I think this is the best option. But I'm super excited because today I have with me Casey Armstrong. He is the CMO of ShipBob. Before that, he ran marketing at Big Commerce. Casey, finally, great to connect with you. How you doing? I love how the bathroom is, how you're getting these great acoustics. It's uh, great to be here. Does it sound good? That's great. Yeah, I mean, it does I'm sound really good. excited to hear that. Well, I usually do these podcasts at two o'clock, which is actually a terrible time because it's right around when my daughter wakes up from her nap and she hasn't seen me until she comes in and, and screams like mid podcast. And so this time my wife is like, I'll take her. You just go hide somewhere. So I'm, I'm locked <laughs> in the bathroom right now. But I have a lot of things that I want to talk about with you. I don't want to get into your background, but I think most relevant for people, let's just dive right in, is maybe a week or two ago, or I don't know how long you've been, you and the team at ShiftBob, you guys have been publishing trends about what's happening right right now. Take me into that. When did you guys have this idea? Our CEO, pretty early on a Friday, I live in California. Most of our team and our HQ is in Chicago, so I work central time. Early on Friday of that week, he just dropped in. He's like, hey, let's surface trends and show people how some are thriving and some are you know, going through a little bit more trouble than others by industry. And that's a question we get often. And I love the team rallied. We pulled people from a handful of different departments, from marketing to the analytics team, to the op side. And by that night, we had it live. If you're listening to this, don't do this now, but go to it later. It's trends.shipbob.com. And, you know, when I'm scrolling into it, there's a couple things that are obvious, I think, but I bet that you guys were surprised by some of them. What did you think would happen? And then what did you end up seeing? There are some that you expect, like nutrition. And again, we have a large sample size, but nothing is perfect. Nutrition has been, all things considered, relatively flat. Food and beverage has been spiking, which is what I was expecting. Baby products had a huge surge. I think when everybody was really worried, you have kids, I have kids. I think that's the first thing that we think of is how can we just make sure that our, our children are in the best situation? But what surprised me was the beauty and personal care. And I'll, I'll give a shout out to what Aaron Orndorff and the Common Thread Collective team have been doing as well. They've actually seen some similar trends industry-wise in the beauty and personal care space. So that's just been interesting because that's been pretty strong. And just even as I dig in with specific merchants, we're, we're seeing that hold pretty strong as well. Are you guys updating this stuff regularly? Yeah, so we're updating this three times a week. Cool. All right, so you should go check that out because I think even like even for us at Privy, we've been setting this around internally just to shape like, hey, out of all the things we could be talking about, like, you know, where should we focus? And what should we say to who, right? Just because, you know, sales have tanked in a given industry doesn't mean that, you know, you should stop doing something. So this has been this has been super useful. So shout out to you guys for pulling that together. And just real quick on that, what I loved with this as well is because I knew that we'd get some good distribution and it provides some strong value. I mean, we're really trying to err on the side of what's best for the customer right now. But it's also, and you've probably talked about this a bit, just ship it send it out there. This was a lot uglier when we pushed it live the first time. 
and just taking the feedback we got from everybody. And it's like, okay, how can we, should we keep updating this? What can we add to it? Soon we're going to roll out state level data and also shipping times by zones and by carriers. We wouldn't have gotten that feedback unless we threw it out there. And the same thing could be said for all these e-commerce brands. Like I've seen some of the cool stuff like Verb Energy. They had this idea. They had these like caffeine nutrition bars, which I'm hooked on. And I love it because you you just order over text. I text them and then they send me like a funny gif and tell me it's on the way. And they've been sending out free bars to healthcare workers. And it was just like a random idea their CEO had. And he threw it out there. And next thing he knows, they've already shipped 50,000 bars to healthcare workers. So I just love these ideas of just Amazing. throwing out there, especially during this time. What will help people the most? The thing that's kept me positive and in a decent mood is just like seeing how much people have shifted and what they're doing and, and how everybody has kind of rallied around this, you know, what's happening. And I think that's the one positive that usually comes out of something that's super shitty like this is that, you know, people end up rallying. And I think we've seen that in e-commerce and this is a world that I'm new to. My background has really more been in B2B. And so one of the reasons I was excited to have you on was um, first time like, you know, CMO in this space, you've been in this space for majority of your career. Where does ShipBob fit in this world? And then I want to unpack some of your stuff later, but just fill me in on the ShipBob business because I, I don't know a ton. I'm a noob. We are a technology-enabled 3PL. And in layman's terms, that means we provide Amazon-level shipping and fulfillment for direct-to-consumer brands. And right now, in particular, with ShipBob, we have our order and inventory management software, which is what you'll use to track, of course, inventory, how it's spread across all the different fulfillment centers. We own and operate the fulfillment centers. We actually have seven across the U.S. We have one in Canada. We have another that will be opening in the U.S. in the next couple of weeks. We were supposed to launch the EU one, but that got pushed until later this month. And then also we own and operate the WMS or warehouse management system. And that's what powers all the intelligence within the fulfillment centers. That's how we can track how everybody within the fulfillment centers is operating, how we can prioritize products. And I really wanted to spend at least a minute on the WMS or the warehouse management system because that is how we actually modified our WMS to prioritize essentials similar to what Amazon's doing so we can make sure we get those out the door first. But we are still shipping the non-essentials because from our perspective, they are essential for somebody. And that's likely the business owner and also the end consumer. We are here to help support them through this time as well. So we're able to get all that out. We've seen a huge influx of people moving off of Amazon because of the big changes Amazon's been making. I actually ordered, uh, I guess, what's technically a non-essential on Amazon the other day. It said it'd be here in like middle of June. And today is April 2nd. (laughs) It was not an April Fool's joke. And so anyways, that's, that's where we are with ShipBob. So we do the shipping and fulfillment. I was writing down what you said about, because I think that's a good hook for this episode, but still shipping the non-essentials because they are essential for somebody. That's such a strong message because that's so, that to me says you are for your customer, the entrepreneur, right? And like, that's who you're trying to support. I love that. Mm-hmm. So how does somebody choose a ShipBob? So if I have an e-commerce business, I'm selling Dave's hoodies and... Correct me if this is wrong, because I'm just figuring figuring this stuff out. Like, I got this business. Things are starting to go well. I am shipping stuff out of my house. I'm getting the products, you know, sent to my apartment, and I'm shipping out of my house. Like, at what point in time do I like actually make the decision to use a fulfillment service? And then, how do I actually pick you guys? 
That's one of the most common questions I get around our services. When is it the right time to work with a ship, Bob? And I think it's when the shipping and fulfillment starts to impede in the growth of you running your business. And so you have a great example of, hey, I'm going to ship out of my house. Oftentimes people, they'll just store a bunch of products in their kid's room or their garage or somewhere else. And then, you know, their significant other will say, hey, I'm sick of the house smelling like cardboard. Let's get these out. Or also what happens a lot is they're sick of staying up till, you know, midnight, one, two, three in the morning to ship products out, especially during peak seasons like Black Friday and Cyber Monday. So they'll start to look to distribute their inventory. I think it's worth at the beginning doing some of it on your own because you understand the mechanics of it. And also you're forced to, I think, learn more about your customer. Who are they? Where do they live? Spend some time researching them. You can still do that while you outsource your fulfillment. But especially if you're going to try to go big, it's by leveraging a company like us, you don't have to think about the shipping and fulfillment, which is often tedious and very time consuming. And then if you utilize multiple fulfillment centers, you can get closer to your end consumer. And so let's just say you utilize one of like our East Coast and West Coast facilities. Now you're splitting the US in half, you're closer to the end consumer. And so that means that the shipping speeds will be faster. And it'll also be cheaper for you or for them or, or for both of you. And then some of the other options that people typically look at is the incumbent 3PLs, some of like the, the older players in the space, maybe they were in B2B and now they're trying to do more direct to consumer. Or people will look at like a Amazon FBA as an option as well. Got it. Okay. Why did you go to ShipUp? You're at Big Commerce. What was it that brought you there? So when I was at Big Commerce, I loved a lot of the stuff we were doing. And then honestly, ShipBob reached out. I hadn't interviewed or talked to anybody else. They reached out and I, I deleted the email. And it was like the next day. I'm like, who is this company with that funny name that I've somehow never heard of, but they're growing like crazy and they're providing something that I know is like a real pain. So before joining Big Commerce, I was helping run a company called Watchmaster. We were based over in Berlin and we sold luxury watches. So Rolex, Tag Heuer, Omega, Breitling, the well-known luxury brands and shipping, fulfillment, inventory management. That was our biggest issue by far. And honestly, that side of the business, is, again, it's hard and tedious. And so it's like, okay, if I can partner with people that are providing that and I can do what you know I'm supposed to be able to do decently well on the marketing side, it just seemed like an interesting opportunity. And then not the e-commerce platform side of the business has been solved because Shopify and BigCommerce and Woo and Magento, you know, they continue, especially Shopify and BigCommerce, continue to innovate at a very fast clip. But a lot of that has been provided and there was no, let's say, Shopify or for fulfillment at the time. And so that's just what got me really excited. And then just as I dig in more, I feel like such a close relationship with these customers because we're actually storing and shipping their physical goods. Do you find people are nervous about that? I wonder if that's an interesting like marketing challenge that you have. They are. I mean, I'm sure you've dealt with this when you're doing marketing and sales at different roles. I feel like this was more of a problem when people were not used to like, B2B SaaS options where they're moving everything online into the cloud, which is now a commonplace. But when you and I started, it was not overly common because you were at HubSpot before too, yeah? Before this, I was at Drift and before that, I was at HubSpot. And the reason I say HubSpot is because like this company I worked with years ago, probably when you were like at HubSpot, was a company called Mavenlink. And there's people moving their businesses from you know their local computer online. They felt like they were you know handing over their baby into this cloud world, which was very 
uncomfortable for them. And now, you know, whether you're going to use a Mavenlink or HubSpot or a Drift or a big commerce, people are just so used to that now. But with us, it's like physical inventory. And again, not to like be hyperbolic, but, you know, they do view it as their baby. It's, it's their company. And so that is an issue. But, you know, that's just where really showcasing our customers and telling a lot of the story through our customer's voice and sharing the success that they've had. That just really helps us get people comfortable with the situation. And then the transparency that they have, because often people will look at different 3PL options and logistics is one of the oldest industries out there. Most of the time, people ship their stuff off and maybe they get some emails and phone calls and some Excel spreadsheets or CSVs. With us, you can actually track everything in real time from when is it hitting our docks to where and how are we storing it to when are we shipping it out to even the individual that's picking and packing it each individual unit in order. And so while you don't physically hold your inventory, you're probably kind of happy about that. And you can still monitor it all from afar. What's your, what's your take since you've been in, the, in e-commerce for a bit? Like what's your take on what's going to happen from, from now, right? Like we're recording this in the middle of, um, you know, the, I think the, the latest unemployment numbers came out, something like 10 million people in, in a week or two. You know, what, what, what's your take on where e-commerce is going to fit in the economy now and in the future? Yeah, I mean, the obvious answer is nobody knows, but I've, I've never been, I've been very bullish on e-com for a very long time. And I think that this very unfortunate pandemic has brought to light the importance of e-commerce more than ever. Um, if you look at industry by industry trends, not in like the, the trends data that we're pushing out, but if you start looking at from, from restaurants to online businesses to a lot of the different services industries to travel and leisure, uh, the only two that are really thriving right now is food and beverage and then online shopping. And so I don't think that that's going to go away. I think that if anything, this is going to accelerate people's acceptance and um, I'd say reliance on e-commerce in general uh, across the globe. Like I know China's adoption from a percentage basis is in like the mid to low 30s, where in the US e-commerce adoption um, on retail is is in like either it's like 11 or 12 or 13%. It's in like or maybe the very, very low teens, I think this is just going to pour fuel on the fire and it's going to accelerate. And maybe it drops a little bit after the coronavirus passes, but I think it's going to be a step function growth. Yeah, well, it's like, if you think about, I wonder what the, I wonder what that stat is like right now, right? Percentage of all sales being done online right now, it's like, yeah, you think higher than be, 75%? Like, it's got to be high. I don't know if it's that high, but maybe it's got to be just, to be, just because... Food and beverage is so high, and people are still going to you know the the, the larger grocery stores or the Targets or Whole Foods of the world. Um, but yeah, it's, if you excluded that, it's got to be you know I, I'd guess it's over fifty percent. What? How do you feel about um, like set? How do you feel about selling and marketing right now? Because you know I like I've been out there publicly beating like the I mean, and all I do is talk about marketing, so it's like you know, keep marketing, keep marketing, keep marketing, like don't, don't stop now. But I'm interested in, in hearing your take. Cause I, cause I think one thing that's come up a lot with us um, internally discussion on the marketing team and other people that I know, and, and even with our, with our customers is like, 
you know, how, how do you sell and how do you do marketing right now? Like, you know, what should you be doing? I'm just curious on what, what your take is, not just from like, what are you and your team doing? I'm interested in both actually. What are you and your team doing at ShipBob? And then what do you think about like how, how, how much should you be selling as an entrepreneur right now? Uh, definitely. And, and, and then I'd love to flip that question on you as well and, and get your take. So with, with sure, us, at sure. Bob, of course, we've got, a, we've got a business to run. Um, and so, you know, we need to hit certain numbers to make sure that we're still operating how we would like to, but at least the feedback that my team and I discussed was, Hey, you know, let's put, put your, your KPIs or goals kind of not on pause, but let's think about those, you know, secondary or tertiary and really focus on what is going to provide the most value to not just our customers, but the ecosystem at large. And that's why, you know, we launched the trends thing. We've rolled out this operators only series. We've, we've rolled out quite a few different initiatives. How can we help the people, our, our team in the fulfillment centers as much as possible? We rolled out like a fun there and just really erring on the side of if, if you could just do the most good for the ecosystem, let's focus on that. And so that's just, I think, how we're approaching anything what's marketing or, or sales related. And then also, and actually a, a customer of ours was telling me about this yesterday because he was struggling with that too. I think he framed it pretty well with, which is what we are providing is also essential. And so, for example, he sold food supplements, which for many people is essential. While he was typically selling to to business travelers like ourselves that have kids and are fast and running around all over the place and just in, and they need the food supplements or meal replacements um, that is sh- shifted quickly to those healthcare workers or, you know, doctors and nurses and, and those out in the field. And so what he is providing is essential and people do need to find the best and most high quality options out there. And that's how I feel what we're providing as well. And so these companies still need fulfillment um, we had more leads in March than we have any other time in our history. Uh, the demand has never been greater. Um, outside of Black Friday, Cyber Monday, we had the most shipments in a seven-day period that we've ever had. And so the demand is there. And so while it is kind of a weird thing to market and sell during this time, we are providing a service that um, that is that is very essential at this time. And so I think when people think about their businesses, um, you know, how do you fit into that ecosystem and also maybe telling the story through your customers. And so that's something that we've tried to do a lot as well. And I think a lot of the, the direct to consumer brands out there that are, that are doing well right now, or, you know, how can you use, you know, user generated content or, or really focus on the customers and spotlighting them to tell the story on your behalf. Yeah, I love that. I, I think I think you're right. You you can't. Um, I think the mindset piece is everything. And this is the second time you've kind of mentioned that about hey, this is an essential thing right now. And so um, I think that this is not the reality of it. The situation is that it's not going away overnight. And so, like, what should everybody do if you own a business? Just like shut down and not try to market and promote your business? Like, no. This is you have to just adapt and do it in a new environment. And so. You know, I think one thing we've been talking a lot about is just like continuing to market, but like any good marketer at any time, having like empathy be the first thing that you feel and think about, okay, so if I'm going to go send out this message, like 
Who's getting it? What are they going through right now? What are they thinking about? Are they really going to want to go to this webinar that we're doing? Like, are they really going to want to get this follow up? If they did respond, what would they say? Like, that's that's always true in marketing. It's just more important now than ever. And then just to 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 do thoughtful things. Like, I think you can't be out there, you know, with the same tone deaf marketing that that you've been doing before. You know, I was on your website during this, and I think like you guys are doing good stuff. Where you know, I, go, I go to your website, and you're doing, you know, this this virtual Q and A with e-commerce operators and founders that's great like that's that's helpful there's an opportunity um, to to get out there and do that and the other thing is like i think if you're going to do a you should be doing marketing right now b you need to understand like the the field that you're playing on and, and change your tone to match what's actually happening but i also think like this is actually a time for marketing to step up. Like this is the time where, you know, great marketing is the thing that can lead your company and you have an opportunity as a brand, uh, whether that's B2B, B2C, whatever, to like do, do, do marketing that's so good that it becomes a welcome distraction, not just like somebody else adding onto the pile, but how can you create stuff that people want to go pay attention to because you're either entertaining them or educating them right now? Com- completely agree. And, and I think the companies that come out of this, in the best position will be those that stepped over, up over this time. So, you know, we gave some examples from our side, which, you know, people, maybe it's great. Maybe it's mediocre. I don't know. We're just trying to do the best we can. I have been really impressed by how you guys stepped up and you're trying to create a, a marketplace to showcase a lot of these, these brands so that people can buy from the small businesses. I know the PostScript team is working on something from like a jobs board perspective. And it's like, okay, maybe when we get out of this, we'll all of you know, the companies that, that thrive will have all leveled up. And now the different types of, you know, quote unquote marketing that we're doing at that time is just at a completely different level. And that's what excites me is this is forcing a lot of creativity. And then from a D2C perspective, like, you know, the brand just to call them out again with Verb Energy, the, the stuff that they've done there, which is let's let's provide as much value to the healthcare workers and those on the front lines as possible. And I can almost guarantee that will that will change how they how they market in the future as well. Yeah, and I think this is an opportunity to like to to, to rethink things and, and not not you can't go run the same playbook no matter what you were doing. Uh, you know, three four weeks ago in most places, it's just not going to work. So, um, Casey, what what else is what else is on your mind in, in the e commerce world today? Like, what are you thinking about? What am I thinking about? Um, so well, let's go back to the marketing thing real quick. Again, there's actually uh, another couple of customers that, that I was chatting with and they, so I'll give a couple examples, which is just, because I know this is marketing for e-com in particular. Uh, here, here, here's two examples of companies I think that have uh, shifted how they've approached business at this time. Well, so organic Olivia, um, they sell, um, different probiotics and nutritional goods. And one of them that they have is this product that has elderberry, which I believe helps with the flu. Um, I don't know this space personally extremely well. Um, that's something that they'd often, it would take them months to turn through their all their inventory and they sold out in less than a week. And so it's thinking through as people's mind shift and the zeitgeist changes, how can you start showcasing that on your website or your ads and maybe those slower moving products or those products that you had? We had another customer that had hand sanitizers that was like an afterthought. And now they're, they couldn't, they can't, uh, you know, hold on to that 
uh, or sell through that fast enough. It's just, it's just flying off the shelves. And so how do you maybe update your homepage, update your ads, um, think through the messaging and the customer communication that you're doing to showcase those that people need at this time. And then another company, um, supply, they, they tried a handful of, I think, pretty creative ideas on, you know, they, they sell razors for men. Um, I think a handful of pretty creative ideas and then they were, they were going okay ish. And then he said, you know, that he and the team, they stopped and thought through like, where are we at this point in time and what are people thinking about what's important to them? Uh, and how are people acting? And he, you know, a lot of people right now are stockpiling. And so he's like, okay, how can we modify our offer to allow people to stockpile as efficiently as possible with what we sell and let's focus on that. And then the ROI and engagement he got off of a campaign around that, he said, was off the charts. It blew out anything else that, that, that they'd tried so far because he really thought through, you know, where are people's minds today? Uh, and so anyways, I think that's just, um, that can be applied to most businesses um, just to think through, you know, how has the zeitgeist shifted? Um, and then, you know, adopting from there. What's the, uh, just because just I'm curious now, this is not, um, super, super important if you're a, if you're an e-commerce brand, but I'm interested. So I'm going to ask it because damn it, I'm hosting this thing. What's the, uh, what's, what's your marketing team look like? I'm curious to, to think, to, to, to hear about how you, how you think about marketing. So we have a pretty small marketing team. So like when I was a big commerce, I think we had, when I left, um, we had a team of like 45 or something. We have a five person team over here. Um, nice. That's, that's exactly what we have. And I went yeah. from, I went from a team of 30 to a team of five. Yeah. And, and I love it. So, uh, and, and I fortunately get to oversee the, the partnership team as well. And so I will exclude them for this. Um, even though they're heavily involved in driving a lot of what we do, but the team it's, we have two people on our, what I'll broadly call our content team, but they oversee all customer communication and engagement, PR, social, uh, and a lot of, and uh, of course, content and SEO. Um, organic is by far our number one driver. Uh, then we have um, another person that oversees uh, demand gen and partner marketing. Another person that oversees all things um, digital marketing and CRO. And then we have another uh, person who oversees um, events and then helps out across a lot of the other functions like partner marketing and uh, customer engagement. And how do you, how do you get the team, how do you have your, how do you get your team to like really understand e-commerce and like what's happening with, with your industry and the customers? Uh, fortunately, they've all been in the e-commerce space for years. And so, hmm. um, is that a product of like, are those people you brought in when you, when you came like in your network? So some of them I brought in and some of them um, were part of the team prior. And then another person that we hired who I did not know before, but she's amazing. <laughs> uh, she actually did not have e-commerce experience really before, uh, but just, you know, really went, went deep from the, from the onboarding that we provide to just her being naturally curious and, and going heads down into the space. Um, and actually something that I think helps a lot. So like when I joined, the first thing I asked the team was, I was like, I joined in, um, yeah, what was that month? September. And so I was like, okay, leading up till, till Christmas, um, I want to do a customer case study call every week. And they're like, okay, cool. Well, we'll do those and let you know how they go. I'm like, no, no, I want to be on these calls. 
and I'll either listen in or lead the calls. But like, there's no better way to learn about our business and the pain points and what's going well and what's not uh, than, of course, talking to the customer. And so I think that's something that we do a lot as well when people start is you've got to hear from our customers or sit in on sales calls, whether that's inbound or outbound from SDR, BDRs or to the AEs, but you got to you got to just go heads down and learn from directly from the customers. Yeah, I, I love that. I think that's what's so cool to me about doing marketing in this industry is like, we're, you know, I, I feel like I'm not selling, like we're not marketing something that, that we can't understand as people, like we're all consumers. And so it's like, okay, can you then flip that and like be able to go articulate that to, to who we're trying to sell and market to? And like, it, it makes it such a relatable process as opposed to like, all right, you got to learn how this, you know, this API works or this cybersecurity product works. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we get to work in a pretty cool industry. I mean, e-com is innovating very quickly and across all the different uh, industries. And what's nice too, I mean, you know this because I know you put out a lot of content is you learn so much by, um, I, I often feel like I'm the biggest winner whenever I get a chance to try to like educate or provide information because I need to learn it as well as I can. So now I've learned a bunch and it's probably from a very interesting entrepreneur that's doing some cool stuff that I've never heard of before. And then we get to, you know, figure out how to share that with the masses. So it's, uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I mean, I just was, <laughs> I just was said, I sent Ben a note. I was like, I think I should talk to Casey more. It's like, we have the same, same, like same size team, uh, similar, previous background. So it's just cool to, to talk about what you guys are doing on the, on the marketing perspective. Um, do you think, do you think the mix of how you, how you do marketing is going to change, uh, for the next like six months? Um, I guess it depends on how you define mix and like what the output looks like from like what's honestly driving our business. Um, I think that we've already shifted. So something that that's we've, that we've done a lot, um, historically, um, is working really closely with our partners, like our technology partners and agency partners, let's say people like you or the Shopify's and e-commerce's of the world to the, again, the larger agencies, let's say like the, the mute sixes or common thread collectives is from like a webinar perspective, bringing them on, showcasing them and, and trying to provide as much uh, holistic value as possible. And something that where we made a very quick switch was, Okay, from now on for the next for the next 60 days, at least once a week, we are going to be doing this open Q&A, call a webinar, call whatever you want, but just with operators only. Like only e-commerce owners and e-commerce operators are going to be our guests and we're going to highlight and learn from them. And again, it's uh, it's how can people learn as much as possible, and we're we're actually using LiveStorm, so plug for them, it's been, which has been pretty cool, just because we can pull people on stage that are asking questions, and they can ask or answer right there, which is cool. And I think mm -hmm. it just generates a lot more engagement and questions than some of the other solutions out there. And I don't really care what the tech solution is, as long as we're getting the end result. And so it's again, how can we get more back and forth? Um, between these owners, like an event that we hosted right before all of this went down, there was this very uh, smart uh, CEO of this e-commerce brand. He actually inherited, it was a beef jerky company. He took it over. It's like fourth generation from like his, you know, great grandfather. And I was like, and this was in LA and it was like a, I don't know, Thursday night. And I'm like, why are you here? Like you could be anywhere 
or actually something I tell my team on the event side, I'm like, if our event's not 10 times better than watching Netflix on your couch, like we're not doing the event. And so I'm like, why, why are you here? And he's like, I don't know where to go to actually have, you know, back and forth with other e-commerce um, owners and operators that are thriving. And, you know, I'm paraphrasing greatly, but you get the point. And so that's just kind of what's driving that as well. So just trying to open up more of that conversation because sometimes people don't know where to go unless it's, you know, the typical like, you know, Shopify or Reddit forums. Yeah, I love that. That's cool about uh, Livestorm. So you're seeing, so like basically instead of just reading somebody's questions, you can pull them in and, and, and say like, hey, all right, I got Dave from Boston. Dave, what's what's your question? Exactly. And they'll jump on. Sometimes they're like kind of, they're rather reticent, but uh, we, we've been able to get some people on. Um, and also what's cool too is like with the Q&A, it's much, it's highlighted. It's like you can take over like half the screen. And so sometimes people will ask questions. Like somebody asked um, yesterday, there goes, they asked about um, renegotiating um, net deal terms, especially from like the B2B side, let's say with the Bed Bath & Beyonds to the Macy's of the world. And there were, and everybody just started jumping in and throwing in their comments. They're like, well, Best Buy is doing this and Target's doing this and Bed Bath & Beyond's doing this. And I had no idea what the answers were. And so it was just cool to get, you know, just field answers from, from the greater community. Yeah, I love that. I think I honestly think that's the best type of content right now is just like, you know, discussions with with the actual people doing it. That's how everyone's going to learn. That's how everyone's going to get better and and hopefully get through this. And and none of us have done been through this before. And so we're all trying to learn in real time and things are changing like like what I love about marketing and e-commerce and just the technology world in general is things, you know, change very rapidly, but what we're experiencing now like things have never moved faster. And so, you know, learning from like, there's all these like small business initiatives and, and handouts or funds from like the government. It's impossible to keep track of all of that. But, um, you know, you, you learn from, from these different entrepreneurs and they're like, well, this one is actually rather beneficial. This one's not, not because of the fine print and this one will take forever. Uh, so yes, definitely trying to pull in more of the community. Uh, Casey, I could talk to you for hours i could just let it we could just let it run get a coffee and hang out but um but i know i know we we can't so i'm, I'm glad you came on and, and did this we're going to do something else cool with you i don't know what's going to run first but we're going to do a master class with you uh in a couple weeks at privy which is awesome um but but before we wrap up plug uh plug anything you want if you have s- specific things that you want people to go and check out just if, if we can help with fulfillment shipping um especially with so much uncertainty right now shipbob.com. You can email me carmstrong at shipbob.com. Happy to help. Cool. Casey, thank you for doing it. And thanks to you out there listening. I don't know. Here's the crazy thing. One interesting fact that I've noticed is in my personal life is that I'm listening to less podcasts right now because I'm home, but I think we're going to all figure this out as to where to bring podcasts back. So whether you're cleaning up the house working out. If you are listening right now, it would mean a lot if you went and left a review. Uh, we love reading those things and they, and they help us go, but it is crazy. People are listening to a fewer podcasts, but, um, who knows? I think everybody's going to get adjusted to this remote life and, and we'll figure it out. But you've, you've been, you've been working remote, right? Like this is not new for you. Now everybody's adjusting to what you're doing. (laughs) Yeah, I, I love it. I've been working in and running remote teams for over a decade. So now they, now we all need to do it together. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, that's it. Casey, thanks for doing it. I'm out of here. I'll talk to you later. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll talk to you and we'll see you on the next episode.